Hi, and welcome to the Free to Be Authentic podcast. I am Durga Magneta. I am an intuitive coach, an empathic healer, a teacher, and an author. And for over 20 years, I've been helping people just like you find more peace, tranquility, and empowerment. So take a nice deep breath, grab a cup of tea, and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode, Achieving a State of Samadhi, Part 1. I wanted to do this episode because once you understand what this is and how to achieve it, you're going to connect a lot of dots for yourself, and it's going to be something that will change your perspective on things and also really help you to reach your goals of being more tranquil and and living a more peaceful life inside of yourself and through your perspective. So Samadhi from an ancient Indian perspective, is or was the actual goal that the yogis set out to achieve during their practice of yoga. And remember, the physical practice is just one of eight limbs. The the science of yoga was created a very long time ago because human beings wanted to overcome human suffering, and they realized that they were suffering because of their perspective in their perception of their life. So samadhi is a state of pure bliss that comes from inward focus and stillness. It's the reconnection of the body, mind, and spirit to the infinite divinity that dwells within all of us. It's the only level of joy that is never-ending, and it's also the highest level of joy that someone can experience. It goes deeper than the dopamine rush you get when something goes your way or something nice happens. It's so much deeper and so much more fulfilling and satisfying. So if you think back to even a few hundred years ago or a couple hundred years ago in India, it's still a very poor country like it is today in a lot of ways, but it wasn't as built up. It was a much simpler life. So it was easy for the yogis in India back then to not have a lot of worldly things to focus on. Yes, they had poverty and terrible things that were were happening around them, and the state of the world was very hard to acknowledge. But for them, they knew in order to really find happiness and peace, it really wasn't going to be an external experience. Because life was really not materialistic, it was very, very simple. To take this a step further, The yogis who devoted their lives to their practice and to God and to serving God, actually most of them became renunciates, which means that they gave up worldly pleasures and and sex and everything to just so that they were not distracted by their ego and the desires of the ego so that they could just be with themselves and be with that the light of consciousness that dwells inside of them. And it's usually these yogis who reach the highest levels of samadhi. The bliss that you feel when you're in samadhi is similar to that of, of like a high, but it's not as intense and obviously it, it's, there's no danger in it, but it's really just so blissful. And it's what we all are looking for when we look for pleasure in our worldly things. So fast forward to America today where most of most of the listeners are and I'm sure it's similar in Europe and in Asia where we have so much stimulus and don't get me wrong for a second I like things and I like thinking about things and changes and stuff and I like it probably as much as anyone else does 
And I enjoy living in a world where we can have so many different experiences. The problem is, is that on the inside, we're looking for samadhi happiness through our worldly life. And we're starting to get to the point where we realize that's not going to happen. And what happens when we realize this, either consciously or unconsciously, is that we start getting a sense of dissatisfaction and discontentment with being alive. We feel like we have everything all figured out and we're kind of boxed into the same experience. And life gets kind of depressing in that way. So what would be ideal is to realize that the pleasures of being a human in the world and having all these different experiences and these things that we can enjoy, that there's a limit to that happiness. Usually the initial happiness is you get the dopamine rush and you enjoy having those things, but then it it just becomes part of the background of your life. And while you do still have gratitude for those things, they're not really the source of happiness outside of the first dopamine rush that you get when you, you obtain something. So again, idealistically, if you understand the limitations of worldly day-to-day things and and the the quote-unquote happiness we get from those things, if you realize that there's a limit to that and you understand that and you're okay with it, then that's perfectly ideal. What would be even more ideal is if you knew how to experience samadhi so that you can take a break from too much of that stuff, too much stimulus, too much sadness and disappointment, and just the the discontentment in the soul because it's not really getting fed the light that that it needs. Now, your eternal soul and the soul and the light that lives within you is the light. So there's a part of you that is that eternal light, so I don't want to get confused. I don't want to get anything confused there, but there's part of us that goes hungry for the light and tr- it, that, that part of us is trying to find it through other things. So that's the first thing that needs to click if we're going to reach samadhi that we actually have to be willing to drop out of our fascination with thinking and things and stuff And we have to be willing to go inside of ourselves and experience stillness, which initially can be very uncomfortable for people. So I've had a few sessions where I attempted to help train people on how to meditate. But when I say meditate, it's really to find the samadhi inside. And the biggest complaint that I get is that, oh my, I just keep wanting to think of other things. And really, that happens to me too. But I've decided that samadhi is more important than thinking about whatever I have going on later or what I, what I need to plan for tomorrow, which I enjoy doing, which I will get to doing, that you need to make a firm establishment inside of yourself that all of that stuff can hold on for 20 minutes or however long you choose to refill yourself and become clear again with the light of consciousness that lives inside of you. Until we do that, our ego minds are just going to keep pulling us out of attempting to reach samadhi. And this is because our ego minds don't understand samadhi, will never understand samadhi, and can't be with us in samadhi. So essentially, you're actually leaving the ego, telling it, giving it a lunch break, which it doesn't like because if it's on a lunch break, it can't control you. And if it isn't in control, it feels vulnerable. 
So that's why when you don't feel in control, you feel vulnerable is because you're immersed in the ego mind. And I want you to know that you can take breaks from that. You can become centered again. You can use your intuition. It's a very, very different experience because other than that, we're living almost our whole lives in kind of this negative vibe of fearing the unknown because life, again, is perpetually unknown. There's constant changes. So hypothetically or idealistically, what this is going to look like is that you do actually take even just 10 minutes to sit still, if you can. I understand how busy some of you are, but really, isn't there some way that there's 10 minutes for you to reconnect with yourself? I mean, it, we have times for the things that we prioritize and that the, samadhi is just is not a, it's not a priority for almost anybody because we're so immersed in the world and our day-to-day lives and the things that we have to do. But in that process, we are spending ourselves. We're spending our well-being. We're spending our physical health, our mental health, and just the, the op- we're missing out on a lot of opportunity to enjoy life with that model in place. So you would take a few minutes or as long as you can and actually sit down without distraction And I'm going to show you in the next episode how to really drop in and how to really experience that so that you can drop into that state as quickly as you sit down or maybe within a minute of that with your breathing and just rebalance yourself. Bring your mind to a more, to a deeper state of calmness to get clear on the things you need to get clear on in an intuitive way. And then you would come back to that afternoon or that morning or that evening in your life. And really, you'll notice that after samadhi, your whole filter and perspective has changed and you're more calm and it's easier to love and you're not as on edge and just angry. So I'm sure with me painting that kind of a picture, you can see the appeal in making time for samadhi and taking making a commitment to take a break from egoic Uh, agenda and activity. Every person longs for this state of reunion with the light of their soul. And it's the people who are the farthest away from it who do the most harm to themselves and to others. And our minds convince us that we'll find that level of contentment through obtaining things or achieving goals or doing something nice for somebody, which, which are all great things. But you'll find that it always falls short of the, f- the fulfillment that you're really looking for. So let's do some troubleshooting. One of the biggest things I see when I try and help people do this is that they're actually afraid of quiet and stillness. It's very foreign to them. It's very uncomfortable. And if you think about it, a lot of us had a lot of chaos growing up and some of us, some of us didn't. But when you get used to chaos in your family structure, that's kind of what you call home. And you find it comforting, but it isn't exactly what you need to feel more whole and more peaceful and content. It's just because our families may or may not have had that skill set. I grew up in a family where both of my parents studied under Prem Rawat, who came from India at 13 years old with a message saying what that which you are looking for is within you. And he taught a practice called receiving knowledge, which has helped my parents tremendously find that eternal source. And it's they'll all say that it's probably saved their lives at this point. The path I ended up on was yoga, 
which still had the same goal, but it did incorporate our consciousness, our level of consciousness, our bodies. And so yoga is a little bit different that the term yoga means mind, body, and spirit. Same place at the same time will lead to samadhi. So that means that our our experience with the the eternal within us is not separate from who we are day to day, how we see things and how we choose to conduct ourselves. It requires a different level of consciousness and responsibility than uh, my understanding of the other practice. So that's neither here nor there, but I wanted to put that out as something that I've noticed. I remember being about 22 and having the opportunity to what was called receive knowledge from Premroet. And I had my little ticket in my hand and I realized that I had to work. And I guess I thought I couldn't get out of working and I gave her back the ticket and I said, I can't do this today. And she said, go and know that it's the, it's the right decision for you. It was this beautiful piece of wisdom from this woman where otherwise I would have been on this very different path than I am now. And I think that, that Prem Rowett's work is beautiful and his lecture well, his, his teachings are beautiful, and I used to attend them regularly when I was younger. So I would never have any disrespect or criticism towards him or that practice. I've, I've seen it transform lives. Um, the only thing that, again, I do have appreciation for as far as yoga is that yoga is more encouraging of a person to, take to be more conscious with their actions and their words. And who they are and take more responsibility for themselves. So it encourages us to do things more consciously. It's kind of like in, in the AA philosophy where if we do things unconsciously, we end up in, in substance and the things that are not really healthy for us. So that's just you know, a little two cents on that. So to prepare yourself for our next session, I want you to set a deep intention that you can be okay in the stillness. Not only that, but all the best stuff available is actually in the stillness and in the quiet. And every now and then there's things that can come up that don't feel as great, but that's actually your psyche healing itself. So we just need to learn to embrace our experience. But samadhi, there is no yucky. And it's actually just a real clear channel. And it's just, I'm so excited to be able to bring this to you. But you must be able to disengage from the agenda of the ego and you must be able to recognize when it's trying to pull you out of this experience by enticing you with things to think about, things to worry about, things to do, or things to plan. As a matter of fact, it's going to try and get your attention in whatever means necessary so it doesn't lose control over you. And if you watch that on a conscious level, it's really kind of funny. It just flip-flops through all these different things that it thinks it can entice you with. And it, you can start seeing it for what it is. It's like, you know what? That stuff can certainly wait another half an hour. I'll be right with you. So embracing the stillness and the willingness to disengage from stuff and thinking about stuff. If you can do those two things, I am going to take you to the next level next week where we experience Sabmati together. And this is going to be everything it's going to be it's really the thing that you wish in your heart the most you had except maybe you don't realize it and this is what you're looking for and all the other things that you're looking to gain something with you will not be disappointed so join me next week for achieving a state of samadhi part two thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed this podcast please hit subscribe 
If you'd like to support the show, there's a Patreon button here on the site, along with incentives for subscribers. Please share this with anyone you feel may enjoy this. If you have any ideas for future podcasts, please shoot me an email at freetobeauthentic at gmail.com. If you would like to book a private session, please go to freetobeauthentic.com. There's a new client special button that will save you 25% on your first session. I'll see you next time. Thank you.